and welcome to episode 15 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. Today's episode, we're going to break down everything with the NBA draft. We're going to tell you what Zion Williamson, what he needs to do to not just live up to the hype, but surpass the hype that's surrounding the the next phenom, Zion Williamson, the next chosen one of the NBA. And we're going to tell you all things that went down last night, throw out some grades, winners and losers from the NBA draft. But you got to start right on the top of Mount Zion, who was drafted by the Pelicans. Everyone knows knows that he was going to be picked. You knew he was going to be the number one pick. You knew it was coming out of Adam Silver's mouth. Only person who probably knew before him was Adrian Wojnarowski, who probably knew before Zion was even born because he was breaking news before anyone last night. So Adrian Wojnarowski, he was dropping the picks way before the telecast. But anyways, Zion Williamson, the first thing, just, just from the – the outset. Initial thoughts is, man, do I love this kid. I love this kid, and he's a Duke player, all right? And I'll make no secret about it. I'm not, I'm, I'm a Duke hater, okay? I, I'm not a big fan of Duke, just for, you know, you got to pick sides. You got to go Carolina Duke, you know, that's just how it is. And really, I'm just not the biggest fan of Duke, and I love this kid. So he transcends, you know, how I feel about Duke basketball because his humility, he's got that likability. He understands how much pressure is on him. He knows what's on those 285-pound shoulders and still knowing that he was the number one pick. Check him out in his interview with Maria Taylor right after he's picked. Check out his interview. Here's Zion Williamson right after getting picked, number one. Williamson from Duke University. Emotions evidence for Zion as he becomes the third number one overall pick from Duke that ties Kentucky for the most in the common draft era. The Blue Devils previously taken number one overall, El- Elton Brand and Kyrie Irving. Zion averaged over 22 points, nine rebounds per game. He won the Wooden Award, scored 81 points in the ACC tournament, most by a freshman in ACC history. Now is making that walk to start his professional career. So he gets pick number one, and those emotions start flowing out. I just, you know, sometimes you just can't define why you like someone. You can't define your the Q score and the care, the charisma and all that stuff. But Zion Williamson has that. He's got that magnetic quality, and it looks like he's got that fire in his eyes. He knows that, he, that, that this is not just going to be given to him. He's got to put in that work. And Zion Williamson, hopefully for the NBA, for the Pelicans, for everyone considers for Zion himself that he's able to live up to that hype. Because this is more hype than Anthony Davis, okay? This is more hype than Anthony Davis, even though Anthony Davis was taller. He had more upside as far as he was just more naturally gifted from a size standpoint. And really, he's a better prospect. Let's just not get it get it uh, twisted here. And, but since LeBron James, okay? And LeBron James... He was the chosen one. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But Zion Williamson, he's Generation Z. Generation Z is everyone born past 1995, and that is who propelled and vaulted this guy to where he is today. Instagram, social media. Zion Williamson's games at Duke, 2 million viewers, okay? And Duke, they have the most followers than anyone of any college program, Twitter, Instagram, Zion Williamson joins Duke. He's at 1.3 million followers. Two days later, 
2.3 million followers, okay? Duke has a ridiculously huge fan base. And I know I say hated Duke. Look, I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like the Joker. I wouldn't not want the Joker to be around, okay? Having Duke is great for sports, and I'm not – I don't hate him like that. It's just, you know, it's Duke. Let's just be honest. It's Duke, okay? And really, with Zion, he's got to do some stuff, okay? He has some things that he needs to address, and there's parts of his game that – I just think that people aren't really discussing and how will that translate at the next level. So first things first, of course, his jump shot. His jump shot needs to be refined. In college, he shot 64% on free throws, okay? And really, that is the benchmark. If you look at Lonzo Ball's struggles in the NBA as far as shooting goes, it can be traced back to his inability to shoot free throws. And 64% from three uh, from his free throws, then 28% from three-point range, okay? And at the next level, you're going to be looking at guys just backing off him. Defenses are going to dare him to shoot that NBA distance three and the ironic thing for Zion Williamson is a guy that has a 45-inch vertical, a guy that can just jump out of the gym more than any guy we've seen in recent memory. He doesn't get crazy lift on his jump shot. If you look at his jump shot, he just doesn't get crazy lift. And really, it's just kind of a, you know, he doesn't. He also doesn't have a traditional stroke. If you look at it, it's a, a lot of wrist action. It's a lot of set action. And it's just not a beautiful, beautiful stroke, and he's really going to need to tighten up those mechanics. Now, the precedent has been set, guys like Kawhi Leonard. More importantly, guys like Blake Griffin. If you remember Blake Griffin, who's a comp you could throw with Zion Williamson, he comes into this league jumping over Kia's Lob City. It looked like he was going to rely on his athleticism. Last year, Blake Griffin averaged six uh, six three-point attempts per game. So we've seen... In today's, media, uh, in today's NBA, you can develop a three. And Zion Williamson, for him to... Now, now you're probably wondering yourself, what do I consider him living up to the hype? What do I consider him surpassing the hype? So living up to the hype based on the circus that surrounds him, based on everything from being, being a Duke Blue Devil, from being all over social media, to having your high school jersey fake jerseys of his highest imitation versions of his Spartanburg day. He went to Spartanburg day high school in South Carolina, 450 kids go to that school, not just seniors, 450 kids, by the way, shout out to my mom. She was born in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and his imitation Jersey outsells a lot of NBA jerseys. Okay. That's how explosive his popularity is and is right now. Drake rocked it. Okay. So we haven't seen this level of hype, so, but I gauge it like this, okay? Throw out the championships. Throw out the championships because we've seen players like Carl Malone. We've seen players like Charles Barkley. We've seen great players, all-time great players, top 20 players not win championships because you can't always control that. You can't control who's on your team. He's in New Orleans. He can't control luring and free agents to New Orleans. He can't control whether or not Brandon Ingram and Alonzo Ball are going to live up to the hype. But I see him living up to the hype as five first-team All-NBAs. A minimum of five first-team All-NBAs, a minimum of eight All-Star appearances. That's it. That's the baseline right there. I think that 
Ideally, you're looking at 25-plus points per game, maybe like 26 points per game, but double-digit rebounds and something along the lines of four assists, and then also hanging his hat as an elite defender. I think that's what will get him by his first year in the NBA will be his ability to get that defense going because one of the real special things, one of the real special things that he brings is his second jump. His second jump is truly elite, and you saw what he had. Look at those highlights. Look at the way he can get vertically, and look what he did earlier this year on some of those blocks. And defensively, something that he can hang his hat on is that. And if you look at the rookie of the year odds, he's sitting at minus 450, and the rookie of the year has been won by the number one pick in six out of the last ten years. Only once since 1966 has a second round won it. That being, of course, Malcolm Brogdon, who won it in 2016-2017 with a number 36 pick. So for him to make that all that uh, that rookie of the year pick, I think that he's got to give you at least 15 points a game, you know, eight rebounds, four assists, and be and show what he can do on a defensive as a defensive juggernaut because he definitely can if he and he has the will and the effort. But I'm going to give you my rookie of the year prediction in just a second. But one. You got to work on that jump shot. He's got three cards right now, right? He's got defense, he's got offense, he's got explosive, get to the basket. He needs to learn how to get that jumper off. And then number two is going to be his weight, all right? I hate to talk about how, how, how much he weighs because it's not about his body fat. It's not that he doesn't take care of himself, okay? It's just the sheer fact this dude is built like Rodney Rogers meets Lawrence Taylor, right? You know what I mean? This guy is a big dude, and most of it is muscle. It's mostly muscle mass, but it's the way it's distributed, okay? He sits at 285 pounds. He's listed at 6'7", which means he's 6'6". We all know he's probably like a true 6'6". He doesn't, and right now, he would be the second heaviest player in the NBA. The first, uh, the heaviest player currently is, um, is, um, is Bogdanovich, okay? And is no, is Boban Marjanovic. That's the number one player in the NBA right now. That's the number one heaviest player in the NBA, Boban Marjanovic, but he's 7'3", okay? He's a giant, and Zion Williamson is, is, is you know, eight inches shorter than that, and he's the same weight, essentially, okay? So, to me, is how much pressure does that put on his knees? How will that allow him to navigate an 82-game regular season plus playoffs? We saw that that he's almost too explosive for his own good. You saw what he blew out his shoes, and he sustained that knee injury there, and you just wonder what that's going to entail as far as how will they manage his body. Now, personally, I think this is something that an NBA team, they're going to get to the bottom of how they can maximize this, how can they lean him out. But really, you have to just think about it. It's just so drastic as far as the distribution, as far as the ratio, that you got to wonder how that's going to affect him as far as injuries and his ability to stay healthy. I think that they got to figure that out. And it's also could be seen as a positive because we may have not seen we pr- he's probably still growing and we haven't probably seen the most athletic version of Zion that we're gonna see because if he can drop ten pounds and redistribute some of that muscle we can see a guy 
that could dunk on a 20-foot rim. We could see a guy that's the most explosive ever, someone like a Vince Carter. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. And then also, I think that you got to look at what is he going to be able to do as far as his go-to move. Now, his go-to move right now, we know what it is. It's it's power dribble spin get to the rack. Power dribble spin get to the get to the rack, get on the low block. But I'm asking you a question. If Shaquille O'Neal, that's Shaquille. Shaquille posts you up, get down in the paint, beats you up, draw the double, kick it out. If Shaquille O'Neal was 6 inches shorter, would you feel as great about Shaquille O'Neal being an all-time great? Do you think Shaquille O'Neal would be a three-time Finals MVP, the MDE most dominant ever? There's something to be said about length, okay? And he does not have elite length. Even for his size, he doesn't have elite length. He doesn't have elite hand size. So he doesn't necessarily blow you away with every single measurable that you think of when you think of a player like that. And also, what if, what if you didn't see one dunk from Zion Williamson? What if you never saw him do 360s, jump out of the gym? What if you never saw him dunk? How would you profile him? What would you say his, his uh, you know, is he supposed to draw a triple team and, and post up Rudy Gobert, right? Is he going to face up elite forwards and get around them? I'm not so sure. So I think there's a lot that needs to be refined with Zion Williamson for him to get there. But ultimately, I think that it's somewhere in between. I don't think that he eclipses the hype. LeBron James is the only guy I've ever seen that eclipsed the hype where you're talking about, arguably the best player of all time and a top five to five player of all time. I don't see Zion Williamson getting there. I just don't see how a body like that can stay in the league for 15 years with the amount of just force that you put on it and what he asks out of it. Unless, of course, he's able to really, really develop a, a perimeter shot, which he really didn't like shooting, and a three-point shot. Also, he doesn't really have elite handles. So he's kind of an enigma, but... Definitely the upside, definitely what you want from him as far as being a number one pick. No brand number one pick, obviously, from everything he brings from a marketing standpoint. Two, that athleticism is so freakish, so next level that I I mean, I'm definitely happy for the Pelicans that they went with him. But you just never know, okay? And you never know. These comparables are just until we see it. We, you know, he is a superstar. I'll give him the superstar label, even without stepping on the court, because a superstar to me is if you're in the room, who does the attention gravitate towards? If he's on a TV screen right now, everyone's glued. He's going to be on TNT. He's going to be on Christmas Day games, and it's going to be big time, but he will not win Rookie of the Year, okay? So if you want to use that as a barometer, Michael Jordan, he won Rookie of the Year in 1984, LeBron James, he won Rookie of the Year, okay? And if you want to use that as a barometer, as the first measuring stick as to him not living up to the hype, I think that goes to R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett, the number three pick, he goes to MSG, and I think that he wins Rookie of the Year for a couple reasons. One, his game is refined, okay? R.J. Barrett is... He can do a little bit of everything. Look, R.J. Barrett, have you ever seen a picture of R.J. Barrett standing next to Zion Williamson? They're both listed at 6'7". R.J. Barrett's taller. 
R.J. Barrett is longer, okay? And if you look at R.J. Barrett, he's got a lot of things that are really going for him. 6'7", 202. Yes, he wasn't as efficient as you would like to see in college, but he still gave you 22.6 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 4.3 assists. And guess what? The greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan, he played in the same conference for the Tar Heels in the ACC. Most points scored ever in the ACC for for R.J. Barrett. This time last year, if you, if you looked up who's going to be the number one pick, it was R.J. Barrett. If you looked at the 2018 composite recruiting rankings by 24-7, R.J. Barrett was the highest rated prospect. And really, I just like, I think he's going to win rookie of the year because one, he's a natural born scorer and we know that numbers are what win accolades and I could easily see him getting 17 points per game. I got him scoring 17 points per game in Madison Square Garden and then also... It goes back to Kevin Durant. I thought that Kevin Durant was going to go to New York and play for Madison Square Garden, a healthy Kevin Durant. But now it looks like the Knicks reportedly are not going to go all in on free agents, second-tier free agents, and they actually give the Knicks a lot of credit. The Knicks are doing so many smart things in recent history that it's scaring me. It's really starting to scare me because it looks like they're starting to cr- turn the corner as far as uh, the decisions. So he's going to have free reign to get buckets. And really, I think that he's going to do really, really well at the next level. I mean, he's basically a combination of Andrew Wiggins, James Harden. And he can do a lot, a lot of things. And apparently, if you read his pre-draft scouting combine, they did a lot of changes to some of his uh, mechanics that they were going wrong as far as shooting. He moved his right hand a little bit. And apparently he, his shot has been lights out, and it was in workout. So I got him winning rookie of the year. So Zion, just to recap, I think ultimately my prediction for Zion's career, I think that you seem like a Blake Griffin, and there's nothing wrong with that because Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin's a superstar. Blake Griffin is a guy you saw in Kia commercials. Blake Griffin was one of the most transcendent stars that uh, that you saw for a couple years. Unfortunately, it was the injuries that hurt Blake Griffin, and that's another thing too. That 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 explosiveness starts to take its toll on your body. But uh, I see him as a Blake Griffin. I think he'll get a couple first team nods. I think that he'll be an All Star, but I think he's going to fall short of a LeBron James, of an Anthony Davis, of a Kawhi Leonard, of a Kobe Bryant. I don't think he cracks that top fifteen, but. With the level of hype that was been given to him, for him to even get a first team to to really to break through that, I think he's still going to be a great player, an all star. I don't think he'll be an all time all time great. That's just my prediction. I just don't think that 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 his body. Uh, I just don't think uh, see him developing enough tricks, enough ability to shoot from the perimeter that would overcome. Um, you know, the what he can do with his size and his length. So I see him still being a great player, but not an all-time great like many people are saying today. So that's what I got for Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. As far as winners and losers for the NBA draft, we're going to run through some winners and losers. So first, let's start with the loser, okay? I'm not calling them a loser. I'm saying they lost, the, they lost last night. They lost last night. Phoenix has some things going for them, but... If they're going to eventually turn things around the Phoenix Suns, they really didn't help their cause 
last night. They traded down to the 11th pick, trading away T.J. Warren and getting back Dario Saric, okay? Warren, he's under, he's he's really underrated, and they wanted to get rid of his contract, but that's fine. But it really, it's hard to really imagine Dario Saric coming in there after a pretty terrible season, and then they go draft Cameron Johnson at 11. I just don't get it. When they could have traded down much further and got him at 11, he was going to be available. So I really don't understand that for a team that I think should have done whatever it took to either trade for an existing point guard in trying to get trying to upgrade that position to whether you try to up to get go up to get Darius Garland or you try to to make another move, but really I just don't like that move especially for a team that's desperate to get someone to play alongside Devin Booker. I really think that Phoenix should have done whatever it took to get Lonzo Ball, but that's another conversation. And then a winner, the Atlanta Hawks, which is a team you really need to pay a lot of attention to. The Atlanta Hawks, they're slowly building into being a a solid team. I feel like a lot of people didn't like Trey Young. I saw the it factor with Trey Young in Ice Trey. By the way, anytime the Migos, anytime Quavo gives you your nickname, that's how you know you're doing it. And Migos, he gave Trey Young his nickname, Ice Trey. They got a killer in him and a must-see player in him. And really, I just like their activity. They moved up to that fourth pick to select DeAndre Hunter. And then they get Cam Reddish, a player that fell to into their lap later in the in the in the first round, a player Cam Reddish. Before we ever heard of John Morant, before anyone knew that John Morant was supposed to be the second coming of Russell Westbrook, Cam Reddish was supposed to be a lock at number three. He was supposed to go chalk with Dukies with uh, with Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish. They get him, and then then you got you got a nice core about around John Collins, Kevin Kevin Herter, and Trey Young. And then Hunter and Reddish, they really, I think they're going to fit really well, and I think they have a bright future, especially in the East. Now, loser, and I hate this, I really was agonizing over this, was Bull Bull. Bull Bull, man, if you, if you follow recruiting, we've heard of Bull Bull for a long, long time. And Bull Bull has been 7'10 since he was like 4, okay? Bull Bull is a gigantic human being, and unfortunately, and he was supposed to be a surefire top 5 to 10 pick. He slides all the way to the 44th pick for Bull Bull. And it was one of those those green room disasters. By the way, Bull Bull, I love the suit. I love the Spider-Man suit. By the way, I really just wanted uh, to, uh, the Hornets to pick him so it would have been Charlotte's Web. But that's another story. But really, Bull Bull, he, he falls big time. It was definitely, you know, he fell all the way out of the first round. And you got to watch out, man. Hey, NBA, this is another thing. NBA, you guys got to do a better job in deciding who you're going to invite to the green room, okay? Because you got to have some intel knowing that he was going to fall that far. You check in with every team, all 30 teams, and you ask him, is Bull Bull on your radar as a first round if they all say no, you don't invite the kid because that was not really a pretty sight, but I love that. I know some people don't like your, your the web suit. I'm telling you, I was feeling the look, Bull Bull. I like him. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and I was feeling it. And he's going to have some venom, though. He's going to have venom, Bull Bull. I'm rooting for you, man. I think that you're going to be be really, really uh, someone that – and the Nuggets, they took – they took the Nuggets have been taking risks. They took a, a risk on uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, last year. Now they're taking a risk on Bull Bull, 
But really, there's got to be more to that because really, I mean, it was like it was an Achilles injury. But uh, the other winner, of course, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans, okay? And the Pelicans, they're the biggest draft winner. They got the most hype prospect in Zion Williamson. And they're going to be – but also, if you look at it too – they got some great value as well. Griffin turned the 4th and 57th pick and Solomon Hill's contract into the 8th, 17th, and 35th picks in the draft. That leads to Jackson Hayes, um, Nikkel Alexander-Walker, a player I really like, and then two players that can help grow the Pelicans into really taking the next step with this young movement that they have alongside Drew Holiday. And then that trio of young players with Williamson, and Ingram and Lonzo Ball. I just love that. I really love that. And next we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, they trade for Anthony Davis. All Laker fans throwing parades. The banner number 17 is on the way. I'm saying, look, now that the little the honeymoon has died just a little bit, I think Laker fans need to remember how much they potentially have messed up this deal. Look, if it ends up in a championship, great. The Laker fans, that's all they really, I think, want out of LeBron James. I think one championship would suffice for Laker fans. But, man, if it's true that Rob Palenka didn't understand the salary cap ramifications. The trade uh, was agreed upon on Saturday, and this is what the roster will look like if they find a third or fourth team to possibly uh, send the money of Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, uh, Jamario Jones here. And why that's important is, is that that preserves the $32 million in available cap space to go out and split that money up on a player like... Well, we won't move him. Okay, just say it. player like Danny Green, okay. Jeremy Lamb, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And that money would go into that $32 million slot. And then what that would do, then you would be able to make the Anthony Davis trade. And by combining the three new players that would fall within 125% of his, of his money. That would all be simultaneously. The key part is Davis would have to waive that $4 million trade bonus to make the deal work. If he doesn't make the, uh, waive it, then this deal is not possible. So that's, that's the key part. And it's all a matter of how they go about splitting that money, one player, possibly three or four players. If this does not happen, then the Lakers are back down to $24 million in cap space to go out and split that money up again. Well, the, the Lakers are trying to get an agreement in place. They didn't have a third team or a fourth team to broaden that deal. They had an agreement with New Orleans to get Anthony Davis, and they got the deal done. They still had fear he could be traded somewhere else. So they always had a chance to revisit this, come back. Uh, but um, for them, they wanted to get some kind of an agreement in place. But one way or another, wh whether they wind up somehow getting themselves to $32 million or if they stay in the neighborhood of 24, are they more likely to split that up and try and sign multiple players than go after one big name? Hey, Greeny, when you have a max slot like that, you better have a player who reaches a standard of a max contract and not overpaying somebody, uh, especially when you have no depth. They're, they're not getting Kawhi Leonard. They're not getting... Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson's injured, KD's out the next year. They weren't getting any of those players to begin with. When you get to that next tier, you are probably better off not putting all that money into one guy, but breaking it up in some of the players Bobby showed we had on the board up there because all you need is one injury in the course of a season, and now you're left with no depth 
Uh, you're so top-heavy. And you've seen in recent years here that look, look at the rosters in Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, Boston. These were deep rosters. You, you need more than two guys, three guys. I think that's a little embarrassing for this Lakers front office that has just had, has been trampled over publicly for months now. And really, this is the issue. So if the trade was finalized at the end of, free age, of the free agent moratorium on July 6th, the drafted player's salary won't count towards the trade. And the mechanics of the salary matching are really complicated, but really is the difference was a July 6th trade would have let the Lakers keep $27.7 million in the cap space, whereas a July 30th trade would leave them with 32.5. So doing this trade this early without acknowledging the future salary cap ramifications has put the Lakers in a position where they got to basically wipe out any of their draft picks. Players like Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and Jamario Jones just to wipe out cap space to get close to that $32 million. Oh, and also they have to get Anthony Davis to waive his $4.5 million trade kicker, which apparently, according to Ramona Shelburne, they didn't acknowledge or realize at the time. So now you put the Lakers in a position where they're going to have to work some magic just to get that extra cap space and then wipe out their youth. So they're going to be in a position where even if you do get that third star, maybe a Kemba Walker, I don't think that's happening. Kyrie Irving's not happening. Jimmy Butler apparently is less likely. Kawhi Leonard, that's the Hail Mary. You're going to end up with a bunch of ring chasers or less than average players. Maybe you can get a Malcolm Brogdon, a J.J. Redick. But really, for Rob Lowe Light, I call him Rob Lowe Light, right? Rob Palenka, he looks like Rob Lowe. They have the same name, okay? And really, I'm almost wondering what is going on here if he's supposed to be the guy that is supposed to have the understanding of the cap. He's supposed to be the guru that understands the ins and outs of contracts, being a former agent of James Harden, of Kobe Bryant. And apparently Kobe Bryant doesn't want anything to do with this organization because he understands that that his reputation is being a, a businessman and he doesn't want to mix things up with the Lakers. And really, if that's the case, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, look... The Pelicans own the Lakers draft until 2024. 2024, and yes, you can say it was a deal they had to they had to make, but that doesn't give them any excuses for not executing the trade to the best of their abilities. At the end of the day, yes, the Lakers got Anthony Davis, but they also they did the Laker thing by ignoring all the small little details, all the little details that can help you win. Because the Lakers, had they played things right, they could have won now with Anthony Davis, and they could have won after Anthony Davis. But of course, the Lakers, they're going all in. They want to win with LeBron, win with Anthony Davis, and then when it flames out, they're going to start from scratch and be worse than they were in the past. Now, that's the thing about this trade, is it really hurts long-term sustainability, and I don't think you can really ignore it. Yes, Laker fans, be happy you got Anthony Davis, but also know that the Pelicans have Zion Williamson, they have Lonzo Ball, they have Brandon Ingram, they have a ton of cap space, and they own the Lakers. They own the Lakers until 2024. They own all the Lakers drafts, all the pick swaps, until 2024. That's five years. A lot can change. Look how much changed in one year. In one year, the Celtics went from being the prohibitive favorites to win the finals to now the Celtics aren't even going 
to they're in a full rebuild mode, okay? A lot can change in one year, and I just think that's a dangerous move. But, look, if you're the Lakers, you had to do it, but that does not give them any excuse. Laker fans, you still deserve better. You still deserve more competent leadership. It shouldn't be Kurt Rambis, Jeannie Buss. You need professionals running the Lakers because at the end of the day, Lakers were bidding against themselves and they could have slow played this to keep more of their assets. Don't tell me they kept Kyle Kuzma, okay? Because Kyle Kuzma is not a better player or prospect than Lonzo Ball or or Brandon Ingram. Sure, Kobe Bryant likes him. Sure, he's a little more refined to contribute right now, but he's also four years, four, five years older than Lonzo Ball and Ingram. Doesn't play defense. And that is what it is. So I don't want to hear that that defense that they get they kept Kyle Kuzma. Trust me. They if the Lakers could have kept Lonzo Ball or Ingram, they would have. But um and it just look at the, the Warriors did the Warriors lost. why the Warriors lose this year? Because they're too top heavy. They relied too much on their superstars. And then the team with all the depth, the team like the Raptors, they got it done with contributions from guys like Danny Green, guys like Fred Van Vliet. So if the Lakers are following the trends and they're understanding what it takes to win now. I think you put a lot of stress on Anthony Davis and LeBron James, especially in a competitive Western Conference where seating is so important. So Los Angeles Lakers, man, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. You got Anthony Davis. You have two top five, top three, however you want to rank them players. But look, man, you're going to have to find ring chasers. You're going to have to find someone to take up a lion's share of those minutes with a LeBron James. Would you rather have an aging LeBron James with youth, with youth, with tread on their tires, or are you going to watch a LeBron James that's going to have to do a lot to get you a high seed in the regular season? So, yes, from the surface, it looks like getting Anthony Davis makes the Lakers the championship favorites. I actually don't have them as favorites right now. I would still take the Bucks over them right now. But, um, but that's going to do it for today's show. Actually, today we're gonna finish up. It's Friday. We're gonna do a little freestyle Friday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break out some of my raps just yet, but there is an ongoing rap battle between Marvin Bagley the third and Damian Lillard. So Marvin Bagley the third, this guy stepped to probably the best NBA rapper that ever was, Damian Lillard. We've seen Shaq and Kobe try their hand. Shaq was actually really good. I love Shaq on the mic. But Damian Lillard is next level, man. He could, if this guy wanted to, this guy could legitimately be a platinum rapper. But Marvin Bagley, he was bringing that smoke, man. You got to give it to Marvin Bagley. I'm going to give this round, I'm going to play them both for you. I'm, I can't play them all, man. We got, there's some uh, explicit lyrics, but we're gonna, I'm going to play some of them for you. So check this out. Some of my favorite lyrics, though, from this, uh, from this rap battle, man. I really like, I really like, uh, Damian Lillard, your mouth wrote a check that overdrew your checking. I'm really solid, like I say, so why you come for me? I got respect in both careers, moving comfortably. You're not established in the league, for one. You got potential, but this rapping is a breeze at lunch. And then he came back with, he came back with, I, uh, he said, I, he came back with, uh, I did, uh, I swear I just don't put my ball in a basket. I'm from the zone. Who you been asking? I said your name a couple weeks ago. You been in a casket. And now you trying to rise up. I see you faking a passion. I'm finna turn this damn dollar to chump change. And then he goes, you had my, uh, Damian Lillard goes, I, you had my shoe in high school. I knew you copped. 
And then he comes back with, Adidas did send me some dames, but I thought they was whack. As soon as I opened the box, I sent them shits back. I had to hop over to Puma. Now my pockets is fat. So the NBA offseason, you got trades, free agency, draft. Now we have rap battles. You got Kyrie Irving saying he hated living in Boston. So a lot of juicy stuff from the NBA. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. Hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Be sure to check for us on Monday. We're going to be throwing out those NBA free agency predictions and hot takes on really everything. But have a great rest rest of your weekend. You can find me on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. That's DMAC underscore LA. Thanks again, and I'm out. This boy didn't call my name. (laughs) Amateur bars, man. Grown man bars is something you got to deal with. So all that elaborated, fabricated ain't going to equal up to this real shit. The things we do for the glitz and the glamorous. Follow backs and like pics from your camera. It's about to pass because you still in a pamper, bruh. And I never seen Floyd spar with amateurs. So this the one and only time I'm picking up the phone. I'm the type to keep receipts and to be left alone. I was raised to always keep the family feuds at home. On the set, I'm about to teach you how to set the tone. Where I'm from, big bank, take little bank. I'm a couple hundred mil, this a field day. Don't respect it, it's not an issue to check it. Never really competed, but you boys getting reckless, uh. I can tell this wasn't really what you wanted, though. Should've DM'd me again, what you wanna know? Say I'm lying, I put it out for the public Asking about my third album before the second was published You a fan, put respect on my name and get disrespected To a second, I'm from Oakland, a minute from getting hectic Praying with an E and you gon' get your blessing Your mouth done wrote a check that overdrew your checking Look, I'm really solid like I say, so why you come for me? I got respect in both careers moving comfortably You ain't established in the league for one You got potential, but this rapping is a breeze at lunch It's easy, you a clown, so go and enjoy the circus Knee deep in the game and you barely scratching the surface My car dressing black whenever making a purchase How a king come to battle, knowing the kingdom worthless, nigga Stop playing with me, man You boys is babies
Now I might ruffle up some feathers, but I'm just telling the truth Without that Wayne verse, you just another nigga in the booth Said it's just rap, but when I'm done, don't try to call the truth Try and run it up, and double up this money to the roof Money man, money man, I know you rich A hundred mil, that big bank and little bank stuff don't work I understand what you was doing, you been on my nuts since Duke And I'm a fan, that don't make sense I think you need to find a better plan I used to do your little four-bar challenge every Friday But you ain't drop no hits, so man, I had to do it my way My name is Dame Dollar and I'm hard I claim that I'm better than MB3, but no, I'm not. That's clown flow. I come and snatch your bag of downs. Don't make a sound, bro. You try to bring my pots into it. Let's get down, though. You really try to put me all on the spot. Man, you been quiet for some time. I think I'm making you hot. Adidas did sit some days, but I thought they was whack. As soon as I opened the box, I sent them shits right back. I had to hop over the Puma. Now my pockets is fat. Man, I was working, and y'all know I was going to get right back. I'm done.